Rocksaw Musecast Experience with Aaron Dave, Patrick, and Jermaine on a mission from God. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is asking Congress for 20 million bucks to develop female crash test dummies. But hey, the way women drive, maybe all crash test dummies should be female. <laughs> oh, sexist would say. It's offensive. So 20 million bucks. What the hell will that be spent on? I mean, this is a normal crash test dummy. See that? Here's the modified dummy. It's wearing a dress. And that, that costs 20 million bucks. A dress. They say at five feet tall and 110 pounds, the dummies match the size of an average American woman. Yeah, maybe in the 50s. But that is way different than a man. I mean, who would have thought? Oh, yeah, normal people. And the plan is already getting support from those in Mayor Pete's party. You also plan to make important investments to uh, address the roadway safety crisis, including the critical funding that would accelerate the development of the use of female uh, dummies in crash testing. This will start to fight the gender inequity among vehicle safety and crash victims. (laughs) Gender inequity among vehicle safety and crash victims. It's everywhere, everywhere. But why not just speak English? Because there is a difference. According to this chart from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, males make up a majority of fatalities across every age group. So which way does this gender inequity actually flow? So Mayor Pete and the Dems are actually proving the point that we've been making, and they don't even know it, that men and women are inherently different. No matter... No matter... How much duct tape you slap on your genitals before the swim meet? (laughs) There's still significant differences in body mass and muscle weight. Otherwise, why would there need to be female crash test dummies? How stupid are they for not seeing this? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Well, me and the Lord, we got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. Yeah, man, on a mission from God. It's Eric, Dave, Patrick, and Jermaine today on the Rock Solid Musecast Experience. I want to take running bets to find out how long it is before somebody's caught doing inappropriate things with the female crash test dummies. <laughs> I mean, you know it's going to be a news story. Hey, I just uh, I just read a news story today that they're moving a... Uh, a, uh, a transgender person from the women's prison to the men's prison because, well, he impregnated two female inmates. <laughs> Better yet, I wonder how long it's going to be before the female tra- um, um, crash test dummy identifies as a male crash test dummy. You know what? It, the reason I played that clip was because I heard that woman speaking about the inequity of crash test dummies, and uh, I just thought that was the most ridiculous, stupid thing I've ever heard. They're mannequins. There is no inequity. Yeah, that's crazy talk. Yeah, it is crazy talk. I'd almost expect that from somebody like AOC or MTG. MTG. <laughs> You know, 
I'm sitting here looking at Jermaine in the corner down here. I feel like I'm getting ready to watch like Nope Two. Do you guys ever see that first? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm getting ready to watch Nope Number Uh-oh. Two. Let's try out the bad sound. All right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, as Patrick said, Jermaine kind of looks like he's over there getting ready to tell scary, scary stories with the flashlight yeah. under his face. <laughs> oh, hey, man. man. Fun fact about me, I used to actually real talk tell scary stories all the time. Oh, they I used they come up on the fly too, man. They were pretty dope. I see a, a, a Halloween bit emerging here. Scary stories with our own sexy beast, Jermaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, they're all this, it's all the same story. It's just about how his wife's mad at him. <laughs> that's, 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 scary story. that seems to that's be the, the weekly story. story that yeah. seems to be the weekly story. Uh, <laughs> and your weekly story is, I got to work on the bus. <laughs> hey, I'm a busy, busy man. Yes. yes. <laughs> all right. Hey, well. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Rock Salt Newscast Experience uh, podcast um, with all of us and uh, and our guest today, Ryan from uh, Break the Bottle Podcast. So thank you, Ryan, for uh, yeah. We're going to talk about Break the Bottle Podcast. We're going to talk about yeah. Break the Bottle uh, Festival um, yeah. and whatever else happens to come up in conversation because that's the way it rolls over here, right? Yeah. Hey, did you guys, uh, you guys been watching the uh, playoffs at all? I'm going to bail out of uh, Sal here real quick so we can just move on with things. But have you guys been watching the playoffs? Playoffs? The NBA playoffs? Playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. Mm-hmm. <right>. playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Jermaine, you're the big sports guy, no? Uh, you want to know a fun fact? He's in I trouble. I know it's like. Typically, stereotypical for a black man to like basketball, but I do not. Oh, all right. Either. Wow. Okay. Well, then I guess I shouldn't have had you guys on for this break. But <laughs> did you did you see the uh, being in Sacramento? Of course, it's it's big. It's a big deal right now because uh, the Kings have been on a, a how long, Aaron? A how long losing streak? Uh, you know, seventeen years or something like that. Seventeen years without making the playoffs. Yeah. So, uh, uh, even though I am not a big NBA fan, I have jumped on the bandwagon because it's it's kind of exciting in Sacramento right now. I watched, uh, was it game two, Aaron, that this happened? Yeah, game two. Game yeah. two, where uh, uh, Green, what's his first name? I don't want to say it wrong. Dray- Draymond? Yeah, Draymond. Draymond yes. Green. Uh, I just didn't want to say it wrong. Uh, stepped on Sabonis. Did you guys see stomped that? On. Stomped, stomped on. on. Yeah, he did stomped stomp on him. Yeah, I, on I watched your I watched your clip, Dave, the, the one that you sent. And <laughs> we discussed this some yesterday. And you were talking about how homeboy was like, what was the other what was the guy that got stomped on? What was his Sabonis. name? Sabonis. You're talking about like how he grabbed his leg, which initiated the stomp. I don't I don't I don't think it was an inadvertent grab. I think I think Draymond was just a douche and and stomped him like an idiot. Draymond yeah. was an absolute douche, and he acted yeah. so arrogant about the whole entire – his whole entire attitude was arrogant as heck. He deserved to have gotten ejected from the game. Yeah, I uh, – suspended for the next, too. Yeah. Well, m- my feeling when I watched it was uh, 
okay, he stepped on him or he stomped on him. That wasn't right in itself, but okay. Uh, I get it. It's a bit of a heated game and, you know, all that. I All right. Uh, it was him taunting the crowd while Sabonis laid on the court and then acting yep. like when, when the ref did come to him, acting like, what? What are you talking about? What? You know, look, uh, I, I think it just goes to speak to the character of the person there. And, um, man, just infuriated me. And by the way, it would have infuriated me if it was the other way around. Because you just, I mean, how can you sit there and taunt the, the crowd? The other way around? What do, you, what do you mean, David? What do you mean the other way around? Uh, well, let's say Sabonis had, let's say Sabonis had stomped on uh, Green. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to race bait me, and I'm not going to fall for it, Patrick. Dude, you're, you're turning red-faced right now. What are you talking so, about? I so ain't red-faced. You're saying you, you would have been just as angry if the white guy had stomped on the No. Yep. You know I what? Did. You are sounding like a liberal right now. Why don't you get a, yourself a job at CNN? Because that's not what I said. Don't be projecting, David. Just because your governor's rabbing Gavin Newsom and you're just trying to project on me right now. No. I'm in the free state of Kentucky, bro. Yeah. Well, free for now. But hey, Were you elect guys like... Uh, you know, Mitch, Mitch O'Connell. Mitch O'Connell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mitch, Mitch O'Connell. O'Connell. He's related to Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, yeah. Good sit-downs well, back well, in the day. Mitch what? Mitch what? McConnell. Uh, That's cocaine okay. Mitch. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> cocaine Mitch. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say that, but I didn't, I didn't go. But, you know, thank you, Patrick, for hey, you know what? the show. Um, y- you know, I was talking to uh, Jamie from 13 Minutes today, and and we were talking about the show and uh, how Patrick is a bit of a loose cannon. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Loose we never, cannon. We never know what you're going to say, bro. That's, that's, that's not being a loose cannon. That's just being completely 100% honest. Well, we love yes. you. We love you, Patrick, and we wouldn't want anything to change. That's right. I'm you know? 100%. Don't you worry. I'm 100% truthful. <laughs> <laughs> we got an edit button. Yeah. I, in fact, my my in fact my new board has a sensor button. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be great. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it will just be bleeping uh, Patrick all the time. <laughs> Not because he's saying bad words, just because he's a loose cannon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm here for. I say all those things that you're too scared to. Yeah. Well, that's oh maybe that's why I have you here because I can deflect. Yeah, right. It was all Patrick's you know. fault. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, so, I'm trying to do two things at once. That's well. Yeah. Good luck with that. Uh, hey. All right, Jermaine. You uh, you said you're not really into the NBA. No. I did. Okay. In fairness, I did try this year to actually watch some games, and I kind of got a little intrigued by it a little more. Okay, let me tell you why I don't like basketball, too. So, growing up in the hood, playing basketball, you would think, because I grew up in the hood playing basketball with hood people, you know, the the stigma is they're pretty tough and stuff. Like, man, they're the worst babies. Man, Are they? I was like... Hey, man, dude, I would, like, accidentally bump somebody too hard. Oh, my God, you're filthy, man. This isn't is, 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 uh, football, Jermaine. This is basketball. 
I'm no. like, you crying like a whole little bitty right now. Well, get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't have a, a care for it, I guess. All right. And then you get people like LeBron James, who's an absolute douche, ignorant crybaby who just makes it even worse for me to want to watch. Yeah. Um, so I guess you don't have a pick for for the NBA. Go fake. Who? Go, go fake. Go fake. I, I it's breaking up. I don't good? understand. Golden State. Golden State oh, Golden State. Okay. All right. They're playing Sacramento. Yeah. Hey, well, they beat Golden State. Steph Curry. They bet. Uh, they beat Sacramento by one today. So. Yeah. Good yeah. game. Oh, that was a great game. Down to the wire, even. Yep. I mean, I really thought there was a chance Sacramento was going to pull that off. Uh, Patrick, you got any uh, any picks? Go sports. All right, sports. Uh, Aaron. <laughs> oh, I, I think I think the Boston Celtics probably will win it all. Okay. Now, I'm speaking yeah. from, uh, uh, what do I want to say, my own ignorance. Uh, I have jumped on the Kings bandwagon. I would really like to see the Kings win simply because yeah. they're such the underdogs. And they are, I mean, if you're watching those games, they are playing their hearts out, man. <laughs> they want this championship. Yeah. So they're like that new team. players. They they get paid regardless. They're divas. Yeah, they but like they well, see now, Aaron, stop me if I'm wrong. If you disagreed, I definitely want you to stop me. But just go ahead and stop him, Aaron. He's wrong. <sighs> stop. <laughs> All right. The the buzz around Sacramento is so intense at the moment because of the Kings that I think it's feeding back into the players. I mean, if you listen, I. Listen to the crowd. They said the first night it was the loudest NBA game ever. Um, and then we turned on, a, Shane and I turned on the Denver Nuggets game, and there was like no one cheering. It was silent in the stands. It was like, because it's professional basketball. Right. I was like, how is it? But I've been to a Denver Nuggets game in Denver with Shane, and it was that way then too. There's too. I don't know. Maybe it's the altitude or they're just, uh, you know, they hit the dispensary before they went to the game and they're just kind of buzzed. I don't know. But they're not well, a the, loud crowd the, out there. The Kings are the only game in town as far as the professional sports. I mean, we do have uh, a soccer team here that's pretty good. Yeah. But the Kings, are. it's always been loud. Yeah. I, I remember one of the first playoff games I went to here in Sacramento. My ears were buzzing for the next, like, three hours. Yeah. It was so loud. And so, again, um, it, it's going to be loud uh, Wednesday night when they play here. So, you know, and so I bet it was a lot. They had a watch party in the arena, and I bet it was so loud. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, again, uh, this town is all kings. Uh, it's got me watching the NBA playoffs. Um, and I've enjoyed watching most of the games. And so – when I can't, so it's great. Here's so. a good here's a good way to equate it for you, Patrick. You ever watch the movie Major League? Yes. Remember? Fantastic. Okay, you remember how the the city got behind them and so excited when they were finally in the playoffs in the series? Yeah, that's they the got way. behind. They got they got behind the Indians just because of Joe Boo, though. I mean, come on, let's be real. <laughs> but <laughs> that, that's that's kind of what it's like in Sacramento right now. Is they yeah. just oh, they, they've sucked forever. It's the only thing we got, and uh, now that it's doing pretty well, 
Everybody's excited. Well, go sack town. There you go. <laughs> All right, we better let Jermaine go. Or he, he's not going to be allowed back on the show. Patrick, it's called the Mento. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up here. Stupid commercials. <laughs> the Mento. Well, you're the one that's all me, me, and the Nuga. <laughs> the Nuga, the yeah. Natty. Yeah. Now it's the Mento. The Don't Mento. Mix the Mento with Coke, though. Explode. <laughs> all right, that's a joke for another day. All right, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you, guys. A rock Salt Musecast Experience. Hey, this is Steve from the Word 66. I am hanging out, rock and roll preaching with the dynamic duo Dave and Aaron here on Rock Salt Radio. Rock Salt Musecast Experience. Aaron and Dave, and we've got, uh, well, AD in here, Spirit. Yes. There's Patrick, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> on the line from the Break the Bottle podcast and uh, Break the Bottle Ministries, we have Ryan. Ryan. Yep. What's up, guys? All the way from Ohio. The Buckeye State. The Buckeye State. I'm trying to think of any other songs about Ohio. There's there's Ohio from Crosby, Steels, and Nash, and then um, uh, there's one from Bowling for Soup. Come back to Ohio. Hang on, Sloopy. I mean, that's the Ohio State fight song. So. What is it? Hang on, Sloopy. Oh, is that the Ohio State fight song? I didn't know that. Is everybody in Ohio pretty much Ohio State Buckeye fan? Yeah, everybody's Ohio State around here, except my brother, but... And what is he a fan of? He's a Michigan fan. Does he get beat up a lot? (laughs) Yeah, I I think like for the past few years we've been we've been beating Michigan, but um, then the past couple years they've won, so um, he's had his fame and his glory for a little bit. So um, it's not too bad. So all right, is it kind of like Nebraska people? Everybody's a a corn husker. Just everybody is a Buckeye. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. All right. Well, when you enter Nebraska, like the road, I hear the road is painted red for like really? a half block. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, wow, that's big, you know. And so, because Patrick, his family won't even talk, you know, mention the word Michigan. They're the, they're the team up <laughs> is north. Is it the M word? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's the team up north. Oh, okay. And so, um, but Ryan, you, uh, started this ministry break the bottle and uh how did that all get started for you um so um this is kind of my testimony um i went i showed up to a disciple concert um drunk and recording in, in the progress. process of that sorry go ahead um so you know in the process of going to that concert I showed up drunk wanting to fight people and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I'm wait a, a minute, guy. wait a minute. I got to stop this first. You showed up at a disciple concert drunk waiting to fight people. I mean, I wasn't wanting to fight people, but, <laughs> but up, you were ready to fight you people. Know. Yeah. You yeah, were, in, like, you were in full mosh pit mode. Yeah, pretty much. Except I was drunk. So I showed up to this thing and literally like, God just came in and got my heart and got me in the right direction. And I actually gave up drinking that night um, because of something that Kevin Young from Disciple said that our, our past crossed tonight. You were here because someone told you about this event. And 
you know, and I was just like, okay, he's talking to me. So after the show, I walked up to him. and was like, I feel like you were talking to me. And he's like, you're drunk. I'm like, yeah, I know. You don't have to tell me anything you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, yeah, I know. Let's not focus on that at the moment. There's something else on my mind. <laughs> right. So we sat there and talked for a little bit and he introduced me to a guy named Sean, which was actually the organizer of this concert called move the Hills. And, uh, Sean was actually going through a recovery journey too. So he talked to me a little bit. And at that point I was like, he's like, you know what you need to do? You need to go talk to God. And I was like, okay. So I went out in this field at this event and talked to God for about probably about 30 minutes. And I said, God, I give this up to you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue drinking anymore. I need your help to get through this. And that's basically how broken bottle productions and break the bottle podcast all came about. Um, and how long sober? Um, I'll be 20 months sober on the 15th. Wow. Good job. Almost two year mark. Yes. Almost two years. So, so did you, uh, did you get into any kind of 12 step or anything like that? Or how, I mean, beyond, uh, the night of disciple, I know you need, uh, you know, aftercare, I guess is the best word for it. You know, uh, getting a mentor. Yeah. That that. sort of thing. Keep it rolling. So how did you do that? Um, so a lot of the guys that were actually at that concert, the organizers, they were a ministry called out of the boat ministries from down in that area. And, uh, all them guys kind of came alongside me and was like, Hey, we got you. Um, I know I've never stepped foot into an AA or a 12 step program. Um, basically I had a good support system at the very beginning and now I have a really good support system, you know, even as going right now. So, okay. So you have uh, break the bottle podcast and you have, uh, uh, a break the bottle channel on YouTube, which is kind of a video blog you were telling me. Yeah. So, um, basically that's from the very beginning. So when I first got sober, I want to tell everybody about it. Um, I still want to tell more people about it, but you know, like it's basically a month to month, maybe a couple, like the first, first few were like a few weeks in and leading all the way up till, um, where we are right now. So, okay. And what else does break the bottle do? Um, so we also put on events. Um, so there was a concert last year in August called sober fest 22. I believe Patrick was on that with you guys. I believe he jumped on and did an interview with you guys. Probably. Yeah. Was, yeah it was Patrick on the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Those are so, always fun. <laughs> so he was actually there and he did that podcast with you guys, but, um, this year we're going bigger. We're actually going to have eight bands. Wow. Um, it's going to be called the broken bottle music festival. Um, and so there'll be eight bands. Most of them are local, but, uh, we're bringing in chaotic resemblance in the protest. Oh, that'll be a good show. Any, so, anybody else on that bill that yet? Um, so we got divine martyr weapons of God, uh, safe kept monarchs to oblivion, um, I'm going blank right now, but there's eight bands total. Well, that's a barn burner of a show. I think Patrick said he was on that. So, you know, it may, yeah, three days thunders on that show too. Yeah. And so, all right. Did you put him on in an early slot? <laughs> you know, no, y'all, oh, you see, you made a mistake there, brother. I think they're going up on six. Yeah. Uh, you got to get him in and out. <laughs> it's a, should be a exciting, um, exciting show. 
Yeah, that sounds know. like a great show. Yeah. Like, we're starting to night out with a, a local band called Justice 316. So, I mean, you know, hope, hope we're hoping that we can bring in a crowd from – you know, local area. And then you're also, we're also bringing in like, you know, big names like chaotic resemblance in the protest. So, um, I think it'll be a good time. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Um, yeah, we've interviewed some of those bands and it's, it's always been a, a good, a good conversation. Yeah. Chaotic protests. They've all been on the show. And, and one thing I like about them is all of them have a heart for ministry. You know, they, they're right. not, I mean, they're not getting rich doing this thing you know this is i don't know that anybody out there in the christian scenes getting rich doing anything nowadays we were gonna see skillet tonight and they're they're doing okay (laughs) they're doing okay yeah but i guess um, the joel osteens are doing okay but the uh, the the disciples doing okay but again though the uh just the heart for ministry like hey we're we're building our uh our castle in heaven by doing this and that's and that's great um, seeing some of those bands you talked about, how they are totally ministry uh, oriented. You know, uh, if uh, that's the thing with this show, I'm going to say my uh, castle in heaven's going to be a mud hut, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just playing. Yep. Um, you want to do some music? Are we going to do some music from uh, some of these bands? Yeah. All right, let's do some music here. Come back and we'll talk more about Broken Bottle. Sounds great. All right. This is the Rock Rock Salt Musecast Experience. Hi, this is Patrick from Three Days Under, and you're listening to the Rock Salt Musecast Experience. Get some. Not to 
Rock Salt Musecast experience. Aaron and Dave. ADP in the house. Get some. <laughs> <laughs> Love uh, having Patrick on the board. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this guy's over here shaking his head like, mm. he knows Patrick. <laughs> yes. Uh, yep. Our guest today is Ryan from uh, Broken Break- Bottom. Yeah. Bro- Break the Bottle. Sorry. Break the Bottle I Ministry. Said Broken Bottle. Break the Bottle. And you were, you kind of told us like how, how you got victory from um, at this at first. You, you talked to God in the field. Um, but, you know, as you went on to day two and day three and day four of your sobriety, I'm sure there was some challenges that you had. Yeah, I mean, there was there was definitely challenges. I mean, like, I mean, you go from 15 years of being an alcoholic and then you just stop. You're going to have challenges like every day I'd walk into the gas station and the beer would be there like the alcohol would still be there. But I had to make that choice. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. You know, I I told it made a promise to God I was not going to drink anymore and ask God for help to get me through it. And I mean, I was, I had that support group. I had, you know, people in my life that were, you know, on board and helping me out. So, I mean, if I got to a a rough patch, I'm like, man, I just want to drink. I could call one of these guys up and say, I'm in a rough patch right now. Um, How do I get out of this? And, you know, they would guide me along and be like, don't do it, man. Don't do it. But I think, I think the real, the real big one actually was in October of uh, 21 is my mom passed away from COVID oh. and uh, you know, our whole family got it. Um, you know, my dad, me, my mom, we all got it. And my mom was the worst off and she was hooked up to a ventilator. And the day before I walked into her, you know, the day before she died, I walked into her room and I was like, mom, you know, you don't know about all this stuff that's going on in my life right now. Like this is, this is some cool stuff. And I wish you were here to see it, you know, like, you know, like planning, you know, planning stuff, like playing concerts and all that kind of stuff. Like I was in that process of planning stuff, but it wasn't like official. And, uh, you know, I was like, mom, you, you, you'd love to see all this stuff right now. And like that day I told her, I was like, I will not pick up another ounce of alcohol until I, you know, until the day I die, I won't be drinking. And that was like one of those defining moments where, you know, now it's like if I go back and I have a, a rough spot or anything like that, I can go back to that moment where I told my mom that I wasn't going to go back to it. And, uh, you know, I think that was one of the biggest challenges throughout this whole entire journey was just the fact of, you know, having to lose a parent. Yeah. And especially for 15 years of my life, like I basically just lived my life for alcohol, hooking up and all that kind of stuff. And was spending time away from my family, and I lost that 15 years that I could have been spending time with my family, but instead I was choosing an addiction. Yeah, you know, um, well, first of all, uh, I'm sure she's looking down. She's seeing what's going on. But uh, secondly, you know, uh, addiction to drugs and alcohol uh, is like being in a toxic relationship. And all your friends are going, hey, you got to get away. Like you walking into the grocery store and the beer's over there in the corner calling your name, you know. And, and uh, you know, these toxic relationships that, that people are in, uh, you know, it's like, well, I can't live without this person. I just, how am I going to make anything work? And uh, unfortunately, uh, sometimes you just got to take that leap of faith 
and uh, you might sink down in the deep end of the pool, but I promise you're going to pop back up um, as long as you keep working at it and surround yourself with the right people. I agree with that 100%. My mom used used to tell me all the time, you know, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. True. And I mean, I think, that's, I think that's pretty much what, you know, sums up what you just said right there. You know, if you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, you're probably going to go down the same route that your crowd's going. If you're getting drunk before the disciple show, that's probably the wrong crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I was actually drinking by myself, which was not something I did. It was, I was camping at a campground too. So, you know, camping, great outdoors, sitting around fire, drinking a beer, you know? Yeah. Um, times a lot. Isn't it crazy how, uh, some, whatever substance it is can come in and, uh, start out as nothing, but then, I mean, replace members of your family. I mean, I, I've been there. I've done it where I went, uh, I can't believe I just killed all this time that I could have been spending with somebody else. I spent right. it with a drug. You know what I mean? That's that's stuff I would, you know, once I got sober, I mean, that was stuff I thought about was like, I just wasted 15 years of my life to do this. And, you know, it was like right after my mom passed away, it was like, that was kind of the wake up call was like, you know, you could have spent more time with her, but yet you chose not to because you chose this addiction and you know i have my dad still and so now i have an opportunity to be there for him now right now i am sober now i'm clean you know he's i mean i see him every day and i spend as much time with him as possible because i mean he's getting up there in age too that you know you just never know when you know you know my thing is is um uh that I lost both my parents within about a year and a half of each other. And, um, you lost some other people too. And, uh, I never waste the opportunity to tell someone I love them. Tell my, my wife and son every, every single night before I go to bed. Cause I might have a heart attack, not wake up in the morning night. Love you every single night. Uh, it, just because you don't know who, if you're going to be here tomorrow, right? If they're going to be here tomorrow, Time's too short. It's very limited. And uh, we all make a lot of mistakes going through life, trying to figure things out. But uh, at the end, you, you got to surround yourself with the right people and then rely on those people uh, when you need them, but also be there, be reliable for when they need you. Right. I mean, that's really how it all comes together and works. Has there been like one person that's <laughs> definitely been just the champion of this this victory that you're going through i mean this person you can call and they'll you know be available to you for any time has there been one person out there that's really done that for you uh i would have to say patrick okay. um even though patrick really wasn't there at the beginning but i mean you know after i met them guys and you know been talking to the guys from three days under i mean patrick's like I mean, you can call him up and ask him right now. Like, I I will call him on my way home from work if I've just had a crappy day and just be like, hey, Patrick, what's up, you know? And, you know, he kind of calms me down a little bit. Um, he, but, he answers your calls. 
All the time. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to have a little talk here. <laughs> oh. I'm just playing. If he doesn't, if he doesn't pick up right away, he'll call me back as soon as he gets it. But oh, he calls you back he's... even. Yeah. What's this about? Yes. <laughs> I can't even get a text response. <laughs> Sorry, I've been brizzy for two weeks. You yeah. can't send a text. Yes. <laughs> but I'm glad he's been there for you yeah. because we all need that one person that hey, you know, I I, I just I'm going through it today and I I need some help. Well, I think another, like another person, I mean, it's not somebody, somebody I talk to every day or even on a weekly or monthly base, but when I go see Disciple in concert, you know, Kevin, the lead singer, like he knows me by name, you know, every time I see him, I mean, he pours into me and I pour back and, you know, we have those conversations. I mean, even if it's for five minutes, yeah, you know. It's somebody like that's kind of like a role model I look up to, you know. He's a pretty solid dude. I mean, just from the quick interactions that we've had with him, uh, which was very brief, but things we've seen him do and uh, stories we've heard about him, he, he seems like a pretty solid dude. He's a little less accessible now that the band's become bigger, it seems like, but, yeah. um, you know, uh, still a solid dude. Yeah, it's, it, I think. The, the story you told uh, during the first part, uh, he's like, you're drunk. <laughs> you know, I just think, you know, I'd been like, it, it, were you like, yeah, I am. And, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed now. Were you no, shamed? I, I was actually, I felt kind of ashamed, you okay. know, that I showed the Christian rock show drunk, but, um, and actually, it's it's kind of funny because um, I was I was at a protest show on Sunday, and I was talking to Josh outside. And I was like, Josh, do you know what this day, the day of the concert, the weekend of the concert is would be my two years of sobriety? And the protest was actually at that show, um, so they're actually going to be playing my two years sobriety show. Ah, very nice. I like the guys so in in the protest too. They're yeah. they're another solid group of guys. Yeah. yeah. And so, are they on still on tour with Behold the Beloved? Um, that that ended on Sunday. Oh, okay, okay. Just I know they were out on tour, and that's a solid, solid show. Is that why you you put together these events? Because you know, on the night that you stopped drinking, you were at a Christian concert. Is that why you're you know you put together the 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 show last year and you put together a festival this year? Is that kind of the reason behind it a little bit? it's kind of something to look forward to as far as like, if I know I can make it another year, it's almost like a celebration party at the end of it. Nice. Okay. Nice. Something to look so, forward to. So now for uh, somebody who maybe doesn't know these bands or listen to these bands, what's the reason for somebody to show up to this thing? They don't know any of these bands. Why should this person get a, a ticket to the show? Um, you know, I mean, I don't know if people out there like rock and roll music. I mean, if you don't like rock music, I mean, that's fine. But I mean, most of the people that show up to these shows are the most genuine people. Um, you know, we had, you know, at last year at Soberfest with Patrick, like Patrick, you know, I know Patrick's this funny guy, but on during his shows, like he actually brought people forward and was like, if you have something you need to lay down, like, you know, bring it up here, you know, but as far as like people coming to the shows, um, 
just show up. I mean, you might, you might learn of a new band and you might be able to follow someone new. Meet somebody cool. Hang out. Meet have cool, a good time. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Ryan. Yeah. How can they get tickets, though? How can they get tickets mm-hmm. and all that? So tickets will be available on itickets.com. If you just look up uh, Broken Bottle Music Festival 23, um, it'll pop up there. Or if you get on my Facebook page, uh, Broken Bottle Productions, um, that will have all ticket information when it comes available. All right. Great. That sounds like a barn burner of a show, man. And you do a blog every once in a while on uh, YouTube? On the YouTube, yep. Yep. All right, you got to come out here and help me put together one of those big shows like that. Okay. Let's make it happen, man. I'll talk to you. I'm I'm down to make it happen. Yes. All right. Um, Thanks for coming on, Ryan. It's uh, Break the Bottle. It's Break the Bottle, right? Because I know you said Broken Bottle there for a minute. So Broken Bottle Productions is the name of the company for, like, company ministry for putting on the shows and stuff. Um, And then Break the Bottle Podcast is the name of the podcast. Gotcha. All right. Or video blog or whatever. What's that? The video blog. Oh, okay. The the connection kind of dropped out for a second, so we didn't catch what you said. Um, All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Ryan. Break the Bottle Podcast. Broken Bottle Productions, and this is Rock Salt Musecast Experience. Rock on. Rock Salt Musecast Experience. With Aaron, Dave, Patrick, and Jermaine. On a mission from God. You guys rock.
Rock Salt Musecast Experience. Hey, Dave Patrick. Oh, he's live with <laughs> He's live yes, with us. Did. Yeah, I'm here now. Oh, oh, yeah. We, yeah. we definitely we, miss you. We, uh, we use these a lot. ADP. If, if you, but I, I will tell you, if you were here last week, we would have been canceled. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, uh, last, we, last week, we got off. Topics. Yeah, we got off the, the mics and went, pretty good idea not having Patrick on for this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, I could have been, they were and, like, uh, edit, we need to edit that. Edit that and that and that. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, been, it's been a hectic couple of weeks around here, boys. Yeah. So, uh, that's all right. Hopefully, it'll it, it'll slow down for you. Uh, I, I, I'm, they give you an idea what I'm doing. I'm sleeping on air mattresses in my bedroom. And we were in the living room before that. What? Cause we're, yeah, because we had a, wa- a water bubble during the storms oh. in my room. So, they had to come in and... You know, see where the leak was. Well, you know and what? All that. And, and, and so we've been in the living room, and last night because they're done in the in the far as drying out the wet the wetness or spots or whatever you want to call it. I know he's uh, trying. He's yeah. trying to. He's trying to be PC, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he dried up the wet spots. Yeah, so, he's not. He's trying not to get caught up in one of my smart aleck comments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yes, and so everything is dry. Uh, and so we're just waiting for the construction company to call us and tell us when they're coming to fix it. Well, you know, uh, maybe this is like, uh, the carpenter side of Jesus coming to help you out yeah, as you yeah. uh, prepare your house for the big move. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> you got a new roof, you got a new bedroom, <laughs> you know, Hey, oh. uh, uh, you know, when he's done with the bedroom, why don't you ask him to help you in the kitchen? <laughs> the good thing about it, the leak did not come from the bedroom. It came from a board outside our bedroom. So, oh. so all the rain is saturated through the board uh, and, and we had the, into the house. We had a ton of rain. Yeah. And so a ton of rain. Yeah. So Patrick's probably like, you guys didn't have any rain. Let me show you what rain is. <laughs> yeah, have you been surviving tornadoes out here? Yeah. Out there, I've heard there's a lot of stuff going on out that way. It's just cloudy. Yeah, sixty degrees. Well, I know Oklahoma had a, a fatal tornado. Dude, do you know your geography? Not at all. Yeah, not not no, when I get it. Not when I get to the East Coast, the West Coast, West of the Rockies. I'm pretty good with my geography. Well, East- Oklahoma's Oklahoma's not the East Coast either, Dave. Okay, but it's you're all in the South. It's all together. I mean, I'm like nowhere near Oklahoma. <laughs> it's like you could take Texas, Alabama, uh, uh, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Tennessee, and just call it Texas. Okay, I mean, if that's what, if that <laughs> or the makes South. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he he's he's towards the uh, Midwest, Ohio. He he's right across. Yeah, I'm like I'm northeast. Yeah. See, yeah. Uh, here's how bad my geography is. I uh, when, when I when someone says Ohio, I automatically think that they're up near like Maine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get that man a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the West Coast is the only coast that counts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. so- yeah, so when I super. walked in the studio here, you guys were talking WrestleMania. Yeah, we watched, uh, well, I watched WrestleMania. Did you watch WrestleMania? I know you didn't, Aaron, because no. you're not a wrestling guy. Oh, but... I, I am, but as soon as Hulk, oh, are reti- you? As soon as Hulk retired. I was, oh, I okay, so out. you're Superstars era. Yeah. Um, I am, uh, I'm a, I don't want to say bandwagon fan. I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of WWE, but I typically only watch the big events. I don't watch it yeah, every I- week. 
I'm not a fan of WWE, but I only watch the big events for WWE. Okay. I'm an AEW. I'm an AEW guy now. Oh, are you? Is yeah, it, it is, reminds me of old school. It's stupid. They cut stupid promos. They, 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 they it's just, it's, it reminds me of my childhood wrestling. So perfect. that's why I like that. You perfect. know, I, that's exactly when I see the AEW promos. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's huh. some stuff from WWF. Aaron might be stuff. a fan, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, it's Absolutely. is that the, uh, is that the, uh, uh, Federation or whatever that, uh, Tyrus is in? Who? Tyrus from, uh, Gutfeld. Is he an AEW? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know who the characters are, but when I see the promos, I'm like, that reminds me of the promos for, uh, what was that called? Saturday Night Live or whatever they called that? Oh, uh, the Recording Saturday Night's main event? Yeah, main event. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, the the main event. I'll have, to, uh, I'll have to check out AEW. Like I said, I don't watch enough wrestling. I think you'd enjoy it. I think, I, I, again, it's Wednesday nights is the big night that it comes on. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just a lot better. It's again, nostalgia. I think, where do you find AEW? I think it's on, it's like TNT. Okay. Or TBS. Um, is, it, TBS is, it, it. is it owned by, uh, um, McMahon? No. no, no. Okay. So it's okay. See, I thought he had bought a smaller wrestling company. Too. He's bought all no. of the small wrestling companies. ECW. Sold. Yeah. McMahon so sold. I wanted to jump on this topic be real fast oh, go before ahead. we, uh, go into WrestleMania is, uh, I'll start with Patrick. I'll go around the room here. What do you think of Dana White being the new owner of, uh, WWE? No, this is the first, I, I knew that uh, McMahon sold. I didn't know he sold too. But Dana White's the new owner. Yeah, dude, that's awesome, isn't he's, it? He's a part of the ownership, part right? owner. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. he's the name on it. That's true. Just you like, know, just like See, uh, UFC. Yeah, you know, he sold his shares, but he's still he's the name. Yeah, yeah. McMahon, he does. He doesn't allow blood. He doesn't like blood on in his matches, like excessive blood. So now that McMahon's out, and you got a UFC guy running this show. Mm. Yeah. So be good. here's my thoughts on it. I went, I was, when I heard that McMahon was looking to sell, um, I honestly, I always thought the WWE would stay in the family, but apparently not the, I was really afraid of who might take this over because we all know that if and I'm just uh, throwing out a corporation name, uh, let's say Disney took over WWE. Well, they might as well just close it up because they're going to ruin it. Every character would be Stardust. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> well, there were talks early on that NBC, since they see they would they would have ruined it too. I think they would have ruined it. Yes. Would have ruined it too because uh, I think wrestling needs to be edgy, and these corporations are not. Uh, they're too afraid to be edgy. So, uh, the uh, Disney be, buys it and wrestling in the WWE sponsored by Bud Light. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bud Light and White Claw right. are their major sponsors. Right. <laughs> and then everybody's going, "What? You don't like White Claw? No, 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 <laughs> no." Anyways, um, so I think Dana gets it. I think Dana understands what the WWE is. And I think he will be a good successor. The uh, um, Now, the question that I have, I, I don't think that Dana would do this, but do you think there will be a lot, a lot of crossover between the UFC and WWE? No, no. I think he'll keep them separate. You think so? 
Like, I mean, like the athletes in the UFC who, who they probably have, will have an easier time crossing over if they choose not to be actual in like combat sports like that, like actual being beat up. Um, they'll probably have an easier transition to the WWE, but I don't think it's going to be like, like, like a crossover events. Like all of a sudden you're going to see whoever like Roman Reigns fight, whoever the top guy right. in the UFC is. No, no. Okay. Do you think that there will be like, like, let's say for big events like WrestleMania, do you think Dana will, you know, stack the crowd with a bunch of UFC fighters to, you know, bring draw, no, I th- have a draw? If anything, if anything, I think Dana will probably try to take it back to what it used to be. Really? And, like yeah, Attitude yeah. Era? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think that he, I think he understands I, the uh, business enough and knows what fans want. So I, uh, I don't, I don't blame Vince for ending the Attitude Era. I mean, maybe it was just time, but um, if it was Attitude Era again, I would probably watch every week. Well, I mean, have you seen pictures of Vince lately? He's looking like J. Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man, bro. <laughs> it's like... Oh, yeah. It's, he's aged a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know... Uh, who's who, who, who's the who's the, uh, the the fashion person who's like, that pencil stash will look good on you there, Vince? <laughs> I mean... And go ahead and dye that hair black again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I get into WrestleMania. I was kind of excited to see Shane McMahon walk out down the, you know, the, the ramp. Yeah. Until that, that was one of their uh, scripting errors that, that happened when he blew his knee out. Oh, what? I, I missed this. Yeah. What happened? No, McMahon, we, I forget who he was in there wrestling, but he jumped over him, did that split, you know, yeah. they come and they bounce him off the turnbuckle and he comes running back and he jumps and splits. When Shane hit, he like buckled his left knee and twisted it. <sighs> I didn't it see that. And rolled out. That's when Snoop Dogg came in, laid homeboy out. And, but he, but Snoop Dogg wasn't supposed to do that until so far much longer in the match. Oh. And so Snoop had to do it twice. Well, um, I did not watch every single match of, WrestleMania. It's two days now. Uh, yeah. Which Usually you can skip the first day. I watched the first day. I watched so both I. days, but I, I skipped through and watched the matches I, I was interested in. There were some I just wasn't interested in. Um, yeah, like all the women's matches? I have, no, no. I have no desire to see that. Those were some of the best. Are you kidding no, me? No, they were not. Oh, you're they kidding are, me. Charlotte cool Flair was killing it. Did you see her eat the mat too? Yeah. Oh, bad. Yeah. She yeah, she actors. went face first. She also took a boot to the face. Yeah, but they're, they're uh, the women wrestling sucks. I don't I don't agree. They're not good at it. I don't agree. I think they've gotten way better at it than uh, back in the days of. He, he didn't say they hadn't gotten way better. Oh he no, I think they're still, great. He says it still stinks. I think no, I think they're great, and uh, they're far better than you know back in the day with fabulous moolah and uh, sensational sherry and. And I mean, there were only a few women wrestlers back then. It was a niche. It was a gimmick. Right. But now they're trying to turn it into an actual thing. So they should just sit down. Just stop it. <laughs> I think Pat was trying Mrs. to say, we just need more Elizabeths. All right. You know? yeah, that's exactly where I was going. Go be your Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's exactly what I was, you know? where I was headed. She whoever's was, mad about it, she was a star in, the, in wrestling without... Being in the in the ring, absolutely, she really was. But uh, and and from from what I've read of Elizabeth, she was just pure niceness. 
Yeah, genuinely a good person. Yeah. It's like, and it's like, wow. how did you end up with with him? With Randy Popoff. <laughs> yeah. <on. laughs> but uh, apparently he was just, till the day he died, was in love with Elizabeth. Truly in love with Elizabeth. But uh, now, was there any other matches in the uh, WrestleMania that stuck out for you? Like, I had the Charlotte Flair match. I really liked that one. Um, the Brock Lesnar. Oh, he froze up. On the match, which was a say that again. Your your stream froze up. The uh, the steel cage match. Yeah, I'm gonna get to hell in the cell. Okay, well we'll save that then. Yeah, but uh, leading up to any other big matches that you really liked. Um, it all it all again. I'm not I'm not a super huge fan of the WWE, so it's it all just kind of bled in and I don't I honestly I don't know where I'm getting to the point where I where I'm blending both the AEW or the WWE because wasn't there a super like dark match what was mm. the one in in the WrestleMania that was like uh almost satanic how how dark and evil it was ah uh, there might have been it's just it's just one of the characters there, that they yeah played. there might have been the um well uh, the the Rey Mysterio match was great. I always yeah, love watching Rey Mysterio, though. That guy's I'm cool. So bad, want to punch his kid in the mouth, right? Man. <laughs> how you, how you, dude? You gonna, you gonna spend like an hour in jail and then come out thuggish, ruggish? Come on, man. <laughs> come on. You well, gonna, gonna be escorted into the ring in a police car and get out in cuffs like you're Hannibal freaking Lecter? <laughs> Lay down, son. <laughs> Um, the, I don't, uh, what's, uh, maybe you can help me with this, Patrick, cause I can't remember the dude's name, but he was a giant. Um, he was a black guy, U- Umos or Omos or Omos, something like that. Wow. I mean, it was kind of like watching Andre again. This dude was so big. He, he stepped over the, the top rope to get in the ring and he just towered over everybody. I don't remember who he fight. Um, you know, uh, fill in for me. I'm gonna look this up really fast. Way to leave us hanging. Yes, yeah, like, oh, I'm just gonna fill in. Yeah, for fill me. In me. Well, talk, talk about what's your favorite match of the besides the Hell in a Cell. I can't. You already you've already restricted me on the Hell in a Cell. Aaron, what was your favorite match that you didn't watch? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm trying uh, trying to look this up for Dave, but I can't find it either. He's like and the so, ultimate warrior Hulk Hogan match. Yeah, is let me ask you this: is with two now leagues really on TV all the time? Uh, is wrestling back? I mean, back to where the Hulk Hogan days were? No, no, you don't think, near. Okay, you don't no. think it's that bad? Okay, okay, no. I found the lineup. Okay, so I'm going to run down the the lineup really fast because they they put it in a real simple form here. Okay, so night one. Uh, Austin Theory versus John Cena. I skipped it. I'm not a Cena fan. I don't know why people are. I don't think he's that great. That was over quick anyway. That was yeah. a quick, quick match. He doesn't want to wrestle anyways. He wants to be a TV star, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, SmackDown women's champ, Charlotte Ray and Rhea Ripley. Uh, I think Rhea Ripley won that one, but I... I think lo- Rhea Ripley's kind of kind of hot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I Well, I don't know. Charlotte Flair is quite attractive as well. No, she's not. Every time I see her, I see her daddy, and I'm like, well, that means you got daddy issues, not me. (laughs) She's the daughter of uh, Ric Flair. Ric Flair, Flair, huh? Was it fabulous Ric Flair? No. 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 What was his nickname? Ric Flair. Flair. 
He's huh? Ric Flair. Okay. Woo! The Nature Boy. Okay, he had a nickname, right? Nature yeah, Boy. he was okay. the Nature Boy, Ric right. Flair. Uh, SmackDown's women champ, Charlotte uh, Flair, Rhea Ripley. Undisputed WWE tag team champs, the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Once again, I wasn't interested. Uh, Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus versus Damage Control. Yeah, I skipped that one too. Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Well, that was a spectacle, wasn't it? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, that was. I thought. I mean, it was all right. You know, because it was Logan Paul. You know, I I don't like Logan Paul as a person, but um, he he's backing up his his fat mouth. How about I say that? He reminds I like me of how, like I, I like it how you say that, Dave. Like you don't like him like as a person. Like he was over last week <laughs> hanging out with you. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I don't care for him. <laughs> but he's like he like uh, what Butterbean or whatever who was, you know, pay per view uh, yeah. sideshow for a little while. Yeah. And now he's he's made his money, but he's gone. And that's what Logan Paul seems to uh, be. One of my favorite WrestleMania matches. I think it was a WrestleMania. Uh, was. Um, Butterbean versus badass Billy Gunn, where Billy Gunn, well, Butterbean just handed his his badass to him. <laughs> Said, "Here you go, Billy." <laughs> yeah, Logan Paul's supposed to be fighting Nate Diaz in a boxing match this fall. So we'll oh, see. see how it goes. See, yeah, see he's he's been able to back have. up what he says. So yeah, yeah but hey, I don't think he's going to beat Nate Diaz. I don't think so either. But he, he he's doing it for the money. Hey, and you know, and if he doesn't, I'll take pure enjoyment in watching Nate Diaz whoop his butt. But the thing is, though, they got to get Snoop Dogg to do the announcing. So that I fight. I called that during during <laughs> WrestleMania. You did. You did. Um, yeah. From now on, I think Snoop Dogg should be the announcer of every sport. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that to me. He's just that good. All right. Uh, this is Sunday Night Football with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Ray Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. Mysterio, good match. Yeah. I always love seeing Ray Mysterio do that. Over overhyped, but good match. What is that? 619 he does? Yeah. Um Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus Street Profits and Alpha Academy versus Viking Raiders. Yeah, that was eh, I didn't even watch. Uh night two. Undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. I like watching Roman Reigns. And uh, I like Cody Rhodes because he's the son of Dusty Rhodes. Is he the biggest star now in WWE? Roman Reigns? Yeah, Roman Reigns. What are you the star? Him, I taught him everything he knows. Okay. Looks so, just like him. It's his twin brother. Yeah. But no, I, I just <laughs> say, you know, I, I don't follow, but he's the biggest star. He's yeah, like the he's whole I, I, I don't know. I Like I said, I'm. I only watch occasionally. So, okay. but he, I feel he's their top dog. Yeah. Is he? Okay. I feel yeah. that he's on the decline. I, I feel that he's reached his pinnacle and he's on the decline. Yeah. But, he's been riding this championship for like two years now or something like hey, that. I saw, I saw Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at uh, WrestleMania in San Francisco. It's fantastic. Um, let me see what else we have. Uh, raw women's championship, Bianca Belair versus Asuka. <laughs> eh, it was okay. Intercontinental Championship Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. That was a really good match. Did you I see that one? Remember it. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. Hey, um, now I'd never seen Gun Gunther before. Uh, that guy looks oh, like yeah, that guy looks like he's not he's not playing. He looks like he's no. really hitting these people. He looks like he's really a Nazi too. <laughs> that too. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna come back. To the hell in the cell because that wasn't the main event. 
Brock, Ler- Brock Lesnar versus Omos. This is the one I was talking to you about. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that. Brock Lesnar is a huge dude, right? Yeah. Very Okay. Huge. Almost towered over him like uh, like if I was standing in front of Brock Lesnar. Well, this yeah. is like Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. I mean, Andre made Hulk Hogan seem small, and Hulk Hogan is a big dude. Yeah. Um, so that was a great match. I really, I was into that one. Um, I meant to check that out. Then the, uh, the last match, I didn't even bother with this one. Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez versus Ronda. Oh, he did watch this one. This was the Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Natalia Shotzi and Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Um, yeah, look, I love Ronda Rousey. She was a great UFC fighter. Uh, she's a bad actress. She's just bad in the Absolutely. WWE. You know, I, I'd be okay with you making Rondi, Ronda maybe an announcer or, uh, you know, put her into the announcer's table. That would be fantastic. But as a, as a wrestler, she doesn't wrestle all that much. And then when she does, uh, you know, get in the ring and she's got to do her acting part of the, the bit, she's just bad at it. So... Love Rhonda, but this is not for her. That's my opinion. Absolutely. Um, all right, because your mechanic's on his way. Let's uh, let's talk Hell in the Cell real fast. Edge versus Finn Balor. Um, this, huh? This was their, um, I believe, their first um, script error. Okay, un- one for un- unforced error. Okay, what was the error? When um, Balor got hit in the head with the uh, with the ladder, right now I uh, I saw that, and so it was like it it hit him. Okay, I mean, so what was, what happened? Dude, they gave is, him staples in his head in the ring. Yeah, wow. yeah. So um, Edge is kind of known for ladders. He likes ladders, right? Am I right about that? Yep. Yeah, he likes ladders. He likes to wrestle on them, jump off of them, hit people with them, the whole thing. So he takes his ladder and he's got it horizontally and uh, uh, Finn, is that his name, is running towards him and Edge throws the ladder in Finn's face. Now, Finn throws up his hands, as most wrestlers do, and lets his arms take uh, take the brunt, but it didn't work out that way on this one. And... Finn took the ladder to the face instead. And you could see by the way he fell back, that was not uh, uh that was not scripted. Yeah. It wasn't scripted. Well, I think I, I think the uh the match was cut short because of the blood loss he suffered. And if you notice while you're watching that match, after that ladder hit, they didn't show Finn. They didn't show the front of his face, they didn't show anything about him. Um, because again, McMahon doesn't allow a right. lot of bleeding on his shows. And so, um, but I think they had to end that early and then just because he lost so much blood. Well, honestly, if you, if you watch that match, you will see edge have him down and you can see, I, I think you see Finn mouthing something. Right. And I'm, I'm thinking it was like, let's end it. You yeah. Know? Those, That's uh, those know. guys were communicating with each other. You could see it. And, yeah. uh, the same thing with the, the flare match, when she went face down into the mat, you yeah. saw that, that ref, slide across the mat 
and she was tapping her on the head going, you okay? We good? You know? Yeah. And you saw Flair give her, she didn't literally give her the thumbs up, but right, she gave but, her the okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, she took that mat straight to the face and I'm surprised she didn't break her neck. Well, um, but the, so that was the, that was the first one. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I saw more blood on the mat in that match than I ever did in any UFC match. I mean, it was all over the place. Would I you don't agree? know, man. I watched that. Did, did you see that one match where the guy got, he won the match, but he took so many body hits. He literally started vomiting blood oh. right there when they were announcing the winner. It was disgusting, yet it was an amazing spectacle all at the same time. Wow. Dude had some serious internal bleeding going on. Wow. I mean. Well, uh, Edge being the true professional that he was uh, or is, uh, while they were working on Finn in the ring, he uh, continued his little character thing, pulling stuff out from underneath the mat, picking up the steps and throwing them around and all this other stuff that, you know, it was like, okay, this is going on in the ring. I'm going to draw everybody's attention over here to what yeah. I'm doing. And he was making yeah. a pretty big spectacle out of what he was doing. So uh, I, I think he did a great job covering. Yeah. And uh, when he got the thumbs up to finish the match or continue the match. I would have just liked to have seen what they'd really had planned because those two in the ring, there would have been some high-flying crap. We're talking like... Well, Finn did, jump, been- Finn did jump off of the, the cage. Yeah. But I mean, there would have been, you know, that would it would have been well over the top, you know, oh, bringing yeah. a cake just for one big jump. So, yeah. well, uh, you know, as far as uh, as I rank them, hell in the cells go. Uh, Mick and Undertaker are still my that's, number one. That's hands down. How uh, can you? Yeah, when I mean, Undertaker when, when he's doing an, an interview a couple years down the road, he's like, I thought I killed him. Yeah. I well, thought I killed Mick Foley. My friend used to love to tell this story um, where. He says, uh, and he was very, very into wrestling, so I believe this story. Uh, Mick is telling uh, Undertaker, I want you to throw me off the top of the the cage. And Undertaker said to him, Mick, why do you want to die today? (laughs) But uh, it's true. I mean, that that match, he threw him off a 14-foot cage onto an announcer's table. Um, I don't care if it's scripted or not. <laughs> there oh, was yeah. no padding oh, yeah. underneath. <clears throat> there are some things that happen in that in that entertainment industry that, that it it has to be painful. Yeah, I mean it's it's just you don't take thumbtacks and ball bats and wrapped in barbed wire that's tearing your flesh open and think it's a walk in the park. Yeah, uh, so. and that's what a lot of people don't know about Mick is Mick is a product of uh, uh, Terry Funk. And those yeah. two guys are good friends, but Terry is probably one of the toughest wrestlers I've ever yeah, uh, Terry's watched. Just a dirty old man. Terry Funk is just a dirty old man. He and like, I don't. I wouldn't leave my kids alone with that guy. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it's like he's impervious to pain. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if, if he's hurt. But uh, he only cares about winning. And uh, Mick, you know, is a product of that as well. Uh, what Mick did, I heard him say this. I don't know, is it beyond the mat or maybe it was some other interview, but he was saying the paramedics, as they were wheeling him out, uh, told him, don't go back. And he said, no, I'm finishing this match. Yeah. Yep. So, 
Uh, good for him. But, but I think we can all agree, Edge and Finn, number two, Hell in the Cell, behind Mick. And, number two. I don't know about number two. No? I mean, yeah, just because the guy took a ladder to the head. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was a pretty good match. But because, uh, I mean, uh, anything that ever had the Undertaker with it, with the Hell in the Cell, that's that's uh, that automatically puts him above a, a Balor-Edge match. Okay. So, all right. Uh, and so. by the way, side note, Edge, uh, yeah, he just does not look the same, man. <laughs> talk no, about a rough couple last year. Yeah, talk about looking like a dirty old man. <laughs> yeah, like you should have kept the hair, man. It looks all matted and fallen out. Right, just rough looking, man. Yeah, rough looking. Um, but you know what? Can we do? This is what God graced us with, and we got to do the best we can with they the hand we were dealt. Kids. We can't all look like Patrick Rivers now. That is right. With enough money and the right surgeon, you sure can. (laughs) Well, look, I got to go work on a bus. All right. Go work on your bus. All right. Love you guys. Love Love you guys. See ya. All right. Rock Salt Musecast Experience. And then Patrick. ADP in the house. Rock Salt Musecast Experience with Aaron, Dave, Patrick, and Jermaine on a mission from God. Rock Salt Musecast Experience. Aaron, Dave, ADP in the house. We're sitting around waiting for Jermaine. Yeah. <laughs> Got tired of waiting. Yeah. And uh, uh, Pat- Patrick had to go fix his van for the or the bus before uh, they go out on tour for a weekend or wherever they Can is. we just do a GoFundMe to get Patrick a brand new bus <laughs> that won't break down? You know what, though? I don't know what he would do with a brand new bus. Cause he, he'd probably he, get in there and, and make it so it would break down. Yeah. <laughs> Having problems with the bus, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's brand new. How do you have problems with the bus? Should have got a warranty with that yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like he's trying to fix stuff all the time. So maybe, you know, he's, again, maybe he's a handy guy like that. Yeah. I don't know. That's how he creates friends. You know, he's got the mechanic friend that's coming over to work on, you know. I'm telling you, man, yeah. I got a mechanic friend. Uh, those are the best friends to have. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Mine, mine moved away. Uh, uh, he was always working on our uh, well, you can at the time. You can use mine. Uh, I'm sure he'll uh, have no problem helping you out there, Dipstick Daryl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know what's great about having a mechanic friend is I feed him dinner and, uh, you know, I buy him a ticket to a concert every once in a while, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and I get my car worked on. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Right. Um, it's like having that friend, you know, when you're moving, you're young and you're moving from here to there and you got that friend with the truck. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then he, oh, I uh, sold the truck. By the way, Dipstick Daryl is also my friend with the truck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, um, man. Yeah, so hey, uh, have you been have you been watching what's going on over at Twitter? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I just got on the other day because I do get on Twitter and uh, just checking out some news. And there's a couple guys complaining, you know, millionaires complaining about paying eight dollars a month. Yeah, I just can't. You know, <laughs> they can't seem to wrap their head around this. Um, it, let me read you this. Uh, uh, I haven't even go read this story, okay, but uh, let me read you the story real quick. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel mocks Jimmy Fallon for keeping his blue check mark. 
Uh, so I guess keeping your blue check mark is akin to drinking Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, since they were originally introduced in 2009, Twitter's blue check marks, which were mainly reserved for celebrities, brands, influencers, and other important people in their field, have become something of a social media status symbol. But ever since Elon Musk announced that users would have to start forking over money if they want to keep that tiny tick, they've become the tiny blue equivalent of a scarlet letter. Today was the great de-checkening on Twitter, Jimmy Kimmel explained on Thursday night. Basically, if you didn't sign up for Elon's $8 a month plan, you lost your blue verification mark. So some of the world's best and brightest had their checks taken away this morning, including His Holiness Pope Francis, Her Holiness Oprah. Her Holiness? Really? Uh, God. And somehow I lost my blue check mark, but Jimmy Fallon got to keep his blue check. I guess it means he's the he's the only real Jimmy now. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe um, Jimmy came out to cry. By the way, until he gets his until he gets his uh, check mark back, and maybe he'll get it back for free because he cries. By the way, this is Daily Beast. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Kimmel probably went home and cried the minute he learned he lost his blue check mark. Yeah. What I find uh, funny about this blue check mark thing is uh, that these super rich millionaires, and I'm going to name three: Stephen King, LeBron James, William Shatner. They, uh, by the way, I I don't know if I mentioned it. That story was from the Daily Beast. I I, yeah, I want to give so. okay. I want to give credit. Um, but those three people complained so much that when the de-checkening or the unchecking or the reckoning occurred, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, those three Elon's paying those. So. <laughs> I'm going to use Stephen King because that's who I was following. And I ripped him up every time he complained about paying $8 a month. And I'll say this again because I said it yesterday on social media. There are people in this country that cannot feed their families. And you, Stephen King, super rich, author, movie maker, name it, ultra extremist liberal democrat you're complaining about eight dollars i don't care if it's principle don't care if it's principle it's eight dollars probably even cheaper if you pay a year in advance too well you know um you know let's go down some of the streaming services i mean netflix they're, they're like 15 bucks yeah um spotify they're at 15 bucks um who else? Disney. They're around 12 or 15 bucks. Yep. Okay. So all these streamers are out there charging far more than $8 for a uh, an intangible blue check mark. I'm sorry. I can't relate to LeBron James needing someone else to pay his $8 a month. I can't relate. Yeah. I and and I've ripped uh, a uh, hardship for him, I guess. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm what? Uh, that's one more latte they can't buy that month. I mean, come on, seriously, Jimmy Kimmel, you're a joke, and not in a funny way. I, I've ripped on Kimmel for years. He's not funny. He used to be funny. He's not funny. His show's unwatchable now. Well, yeah, because they're, they're, 
and no one's watching it. Yeah. Well, they're all tuned into Gutfeld. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, look, let's look back on the history of the Jimmy Kimmel show. Started out fantastic. Fantastic. Because um not only did he do his monologue standing up, but all the stuff that he did behind the desk, he did standing up as well. He wouldn't go behind the desk until the guest came out. That was a nice move. Um, uh, maybe a lot of people that listen to this show won't agree with this, but I will say it. He gave the audience beer. All of the man show. ABC shut that down. Said you can't do that. But it created a nice atmosphere in that studio where he connected with the audience. Yeah, he doesn't do that anymore. And ever since... You can buy he, some Bud Light cheap, I think. Oh, uh, I'm sure. Do, yeah. He <laughs> um, gets to the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then somewhere around the time that somebody shot a lion while they were big game hunting, which I'm against big game hunting. I don't see a reason for it. But uh, uh, he's on he's on TV bawling his eyes out about a lion that got shot that was that was jumping the shark that's where he was no longer funny he's just became an activist it's not an interesting show and uh he's honestly uh, just go away nobody cares nobody cares that jimmy kimmel doesn't want to pay eight dollars for a blue check mark nobody cares or any other people, too, that don't want to pay. Yeah. Hey, let's take a poll on that. Does anyone care that celebrities don't want to pay $8 for a blue check mark that they can't even touch? No, I'm not. Show of hands? No, you know. Anybody? <laughs> Anybody. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. We got real problems right now. And we got a recession going on, and people are going to be losing their homes. And that's a tax write-off, too. Oh yeah, it's, it's a business. A, yeah, it's a business. It's, yeah, yeah. This is this is all for show, man. This is all for show. Nobody, nobody cares what LeBron James thinks about anything. Nobody cares. So like, dribble the ball, put it in the hoop. Trump gets reelected. I'm leaving the United States. Well, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why um, do you keep saying this every yeah. four years? If yeah. someone was elected, I'm out of here. Yeah. And then you're here. Whoopi, could you please follow through on one of these threats? Yeah. Go away. In fact, Whoopi, may I suggest Jerusalem as a good place for you to go vacation <laughs> or maybe move to since you have such a love for the Jewish people? Yeah. Okay. She's an anti-Semite. I say it loud and proud. It's clear. I'll pull lots of clips if you want to, but I don't need to. She's a racist. She's a racist. LeBron's a racist. Okay. I'll argue that with you all day long. Someone had, uh, oh yeah, one of the local guys had a crybaby of the week or something like that, and so it, it's it, it. There would be too many nowadays to do a, a, only a single crybaby of the week, right? But if if you don't want to pay your eight dollars, don't. If you do, do it. But I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, I don't care. It's eight dollars. Yeah, a month. And not eight thousand. Now, look, I'd have I'd have your back if it was like eight thousand. I'd be like, he's out of his mind, man. I wouldn't pay that either. Uh, you know, you know who's not getting a blue check mark? 
Who? Dave Peril. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not paying $8 either. But let me tell you why Dave Peril's not paying $8. Because I don't make millions of dollars. Yeah. Okay? I don't make millions of dollars. Uh, I don't care about social media. And I really don't care if you think I'm for real or not. And really, shouldn't some of these celebrities feel the same? Yeah. Again, as I said, it's a tax write-off. You're doing it for your business. Yeah, so it's your brand. And uh, let me tell you what the average, uh, not that there's much of a middle class, but let me tell you what, what your average middle class person is worried about while LeBron James is and William Shatner. Come on, William Shatner, this guy charges $500 for autographs, and he's complaining about $8? is what William Shatner will charge you to write his name on a picture. Wow. $500. And he's complaining about eight? Give me a freaking break, man. Gotta make a stand. Yeah, go make your stand. Uh, By the way, uh, I'm a a Captain Kirk fan. Not a big Shatner fan. Um, TJ Hooker? I was a big fan of T.J. Hooker. Okay. I love T.J. Hooker. All right. Um, but uh, I, I find him to be more comical than anything. <laughs> His affected way of speaking. But the uh, um, here's what your average Joe, middle-class guy, is concerned with. His priorities uh, lined up long before an $8 blue check mark. Uh how am I going to make the rent this month? Uh, Junior needs some new shoes. Uh, I got to put food on the table. Oh, my gosh, the power bill. Would you look at it? Oh, and the car payment's due. Don't forget that. Well, we got to have insurance on the car payment, too. Oh, oh, my daughter needs braces. Am I putting this in perspective? Yes, you are. Nobody cares about you, LeBron. Nobody cares about you, Stephen King. And nobody cares about you, William Shatner. Take your blue check mark, put it where the sun don't shine, and move along. We don't care. Okay. Um, <laughs> Dave's rant for the day. There it is. Blue check mark. You waited all show for it, and That's there it right. is. <laughs> all right. Hey, thank you to Ryan from Break the Bottle Ministry for coming on the show today. He's talking about a big to do he's doing in august yeah he talked he gave his little testimony and all that so that's just great how uh he was at a disciple show and kevin goes are, are, are you drunk and he goes yeah and you know let him back to the lord so that wow. that's just that it's was a good a great story test- yeah it was a great story so. all right and uh so uh break the bottle music fest in logan ohio do you know when this is august Aaron? 12th august 12th headlined by the protest chaotic resemblance and our very own Three days Three under. there. Yeah, yeah Patrick so. Rivers is going to be out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know what kind of show he does. Sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad, and that's what he has told me. Well, they're getting <laughs> the bus fixed today uh, to, to get him out there. All right. Well, hopefully it holds out till August. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, Dave. Yeah. Fingers you know, crossed. You know, Ryan, I would put a, uh, I would put a clause in, <laughs> in Patrick's uh, writer that um, he cannot do or drive that bus. He could not do any shows or drive that bus before August 12th. (laughs) You want him at the show. Oh, yes.
Oh. Um, anyhow, I hope Patrick listens to this later. <laughs> oh, yes. It was great to have him on for our Russell Mania. Yeah, I segment. wish we were more prepared for that segment. That one okay, was though. more of a, hey, what do you want to talk? Let's talk about WrestleMania. So I wish we were more prepared for that one, but that's just the way it works out sometimes. Yep. All right, Aaron, thank you very much. Ryan, break the bottle. Thank you very much. Patrick, thank you very much. And happy trails. Well, no, wait. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe Jermaine. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Happy trails. Happy trails. I ever get that way. Oh, Jesus is a friend. 